We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. We are coming to you today right after the end of WWE TLC. So this show will be geared towards TLC, recapping all of the matches, and then giving a little bit of a 2021 WWE preview at the end of the show. So hopefully you guys enjoy all pro wrestling on this show when we come back on Thursday, we will have more for you guys in terms of hip-hop. We're going to talk verses on Thursday's show. We're going to talk boxing because Canelo fought over the weekend. And we're going to talk uh, MMA to close out that show on Thursday. And then slide right into our best of 2020 episodes. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. It'll be our last all-wrestling show for what for 2020 closing out the year with this so it's going to be a fun one dre same way we always start these shows what is your grade for the pay-per-view as a whole <sighs> hold on <laughs> crack of the claw listen we're back to back b plus a minuses from you yeah not this one um 
I'll give this one a B B minus B. I don't know, man. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens killed it, and but Charlotte's comeback took me out, and this goddamn main event was horrible. I'm not sure why it took you out. I told you it was gonna happen on our last show. Yeah, I know you did, but that doesn't mean that seeing her and then watching this match play out with Oscar being the damsel in distress. It just it just took me out. The tag the men's tag match was good. Uh what else was there? I'm trying to think. The opening TLC match was good. Yeah, I think the the uh the Drew and AJ Styles match was good. The Miz cashing in, it is what it is. They had to just get rid of the briefcase. It was a total fucking waste of time. Thanks to Otis. Um which it's it's crazy cuz you look at those two matches and we'll talk about it more in a little bit. Um but the intensity level between Roman and Kevin Owens versus the intensity level between Styles and McIntyre were on two different planets. Like, Styles, and, Styles was just bumping his ass off. It didn't feel like there was real heat in that match. It just felt like AJ Styles was just jumping through shit. Whereas with Owens and Reigns, that felt like those two like truly disliked each other. And that's a credit to Kevin Owens. Um, and also Roman Reigns, cause, who's having a remarkable run. But... The first one, I was like, "This is cool. It's it's not a bad match, but I I just I wasn't emotionally invested in it." So I think overall, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say a, I'll say a B minus. And I know some people are gonna kill me for that, but that's I, not bad. Yeah, the, this fucking Orton, they gotta stop with this shit. They they ugh, it's just bad. I'll give it a B because we'll talk about the Charlotte thing in a second. Didn't bother me. It was expected. Um, main event. It was only weird to me because it was the main event. You place that anywhere else in the card, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And no. I just, I don't know why it had to close the show. But we will get there. Let's start going down some of these matches. Um, I do want to start with the kickoff show. Big E, Daniel Bryan, Chad Gable, and Otis, which I had no clue Gable was a babyface again. But whatever. Versus Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Nock. It was a quick match. Pretty much this was there to set up a running theme throughout the night, which is Big E versus Sami Zayn for the IC title. Yeah, it's happening on the Christmas SmackDown. I mean, this match was just kind of useless. <clears throat> it was just a, it was crazy because you look at this match. Daniel Bryan, uh, Big E, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Nakamura, Baron Corbin. I'm leaving Otis and Gable out for a reason. Uh, man, you know, I even put Otis in there. These are guys, all these talents have at one point or another headlined or been a major part of a pay-per-view, and now they're all together opening up the pre-show. That shit is wild. They just put them on the show to do some shit. The, the, the fall of Nakamura, him getting squashed by Otis was absurd. Yeah, but, that was a little weird. Um, uh, but I mean, at this point, Nak is just like, whatever, he's coasting. If they want to turn it back up and have not have a singles run... I still feel like you can kind of do that whenever you want. They won't. It's over. No, they don't want to. But if for some reason, they're like, oh, let's reinvest in Shinsuke Nakamura. They could. And as fans, we'd be like, okay, we're right back into it. I don't know, man. Like, well, I don't, bring I think... back the original music. We get knocked back. They give him like four months of wins. He's right back. Yeah, but I mean, you. there's a lot that's... Like, Nakamura's character has taken a lot of... Damage, not in the sense that uh, we don't enjoy Nakamura, but in the sense that uh, 
it feels like neither of us care. Like we don't care, and he doesn't care very much either. No. The man hasn't had a banger in a long time, and you, when you say he's coasting, like if he were to be turned babyface again, it's like I don't know if anybody would be really invested. Whereas, like with Cesaro, the man's just a machine. Like if you turned, if you flipped the switch on Cesaro, one because he's never had that opportunity, and two because he's so fucking good, we would get fully invested in that. We would say it's long overdue, et cetera, et cetera. Nakamura's already been in the title picture, yep. and it's like. I, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. I, I just, I don't know. The stench of, of the, the nut shots with AJ Styles and losing the gender, like, that shit just won't go away. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't done much since. I mean, he had the cool IC title run, which was him and Sami Zayn that led to this Sami Zayn run. We're not hardly so even remembering. He was just the singles champ. He brought in this new IC title. He was the champ before um, Sami Zayn. So... He was just a champion and then a tag team champion for a long time. So he's not buried. He's not doing anything. I feel like, you know what? Get all the money you can out of these contracts. And if for any reason you want to try again, just go home. Go to New Japan. Do a year there. Take your, you know, final farewell bow. Go wrestle the ace at Wrestle Kingdom or something. And then call it a day. Yeah. Anyway, this match was a nothing match. It, it was a, a vehicle for Biggie to, you know, Sami Zayn tried to weasel his way into a victory. Biggie caught him, cut him off, hit him with a big ending. The end. The rest of the match was what it was. It's a pre-show match. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's just it was there. So yeah. I I don't know. I have no idea what we're doing with Chad Gable. I'm trying to figure this out. Not in, not in a bad way, but this, this whole thing with Otis. I'm like, is, is he turning on Otis? Like, oh, I can't figure. But I. <sighs> I can't figure this out because Gable was just a heel. Then he was just a baby face. Then he's a heel again. He's really one of those guys who's tremendously talented. But at this point in his career, if they don't do something with him soon, I would love to see him go somewhere else. Yeah. he He's kind of like the guys we saw in like 2010, 2011, where you're like, yo, just let him go. And then they'll probably come back like Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but Drew, if, like, fucked his own shit up. In terms yeah, of Gable, it's just like, uh, he's still, too good like, to be wasted. And there's there's no room on this roster no, for him to do it. Shelton Benjamin, another guy. Let him go. Just do shit. And then he come right back. Three years from now. Yeah, maybe you, you don't know? come back. Maybe you just leave and you, you make maybe it Maybe you don't, but else. a lot of people do come back. And you can have a fresh start, but just go in and find what you are. And to me, Gable still, his best thing is American Alpha. When Jason Jordan got hurt, granted, they were splitting him up anyway, but I, I think that's always a good fallback plan for both guys, and you don't have that anymore. And he's yeah. never recaptured that. I, I just think Chad Gable's time with the WWE is up. I don't even think there's any reason for him to even ever come back. I think he needs to go somewhere else. I think he'd be a bigger star than he would ever be in the WWE. Possibly. I mean, I can't say anything other than that. Like, sh- Sure, unless Jason Jordan is miraculously going to be Daniel Bryan or Edge and make a comeback in a year or two, and I just still don't think they waste that on the tag team comeback. Nah. So yeah, I, I don't know. It might be a wrap for Gable, um, but yeah, again, Big E, Sami Zayn, we're getting it on Friday, the Christmas episode. That should be fun. 
that yeah. should headline that episode and maybe that's Big E's moment. I I do like not just rocketing Big E to the top. Let I mean, him do yeah. something as a singles guy. Get some chops. IC feud is perfect. He can become IC champion. He doesn't have to wrestle main event WrestleMania this year. We know he could, and he's worthy of it. But it's okay to build over a year, year and a half, and then next year he take that next step. Because I mean, once you're at the top, there's only one way to go. Yeah, I mean, you just never know the WWE. Like, you never know what their plans are. Like, they could say, hey, Big E, like, this, we're going to hold off on your, you know, WWE Universal title run to give you this IC title run. And then two months, Vince could be like, fuck all that. Who's Big E? And then it's over. Like, you, you, it's very haphazard booking. There's only a few guys who get long-term booking. And you're right. He doesn't have to challenge uh, Roman at WrestleMania. Why? Because it's clear they're going to go after The Rock, and then they're going to go after Goldberg to face Roman Reigns. And if they don't get either of them, maybe then they'll go to Big E. But right now, no. It, it just seems like that's not in the plans. Yeah. And, um, I, and he's not going to beat Roman Reigns. Whoever faces Roman Reigns at Mania is not going to win. So I don't want... Big E to go in there and just lose. Because then you're tumbling back anyway. Yeah, you never know. Uh, you just, again, Vince changes his mind on the whim. So we have no idea what he's thinking for Mania. Um, too far ahead. So, yeah. It's like three months away. But, yeah, sure. Uh, three months is an eternity in the WWE. Um, first match of the main card of the night, we have Drew Mack versus AJ Styles with Omos. Almost, I still don't know the guy's name. And then eventually, The Miz and John Morrison. This match, to me, you say you weren't invested. Maybe the storyline didn't get me invested. It was done really quick. Um, it was kind of built through Miz TV, and it was weird. But as soon as the match started, these guys put on one hell of a show. To me, it was as good as the Roman KO match in just a different way. Mm-mm. Roman nope. KO was emotional and the storyline driven and we'll get to that and I'll explain what took it down a little bit for me but this Drew McIntyre match AJ Styles what AJ did I haven't seen AJ go like bonkers like this in a match in a long time he flipped the switch and it was like oh no that's AJ Styles and the bumps he took Drew throwing him out of the ring through the table him coming back it was just crazy. The Miz coming in, AJ working with that. It was a really well put together match. They found a way to make money in the bank intertwined in the match where it didn't feel forced. And the match still went on. It wasn't some weasel shit after the match. And Drew overcame the odds to beat them both. So I think it worked out perfectly for what it was supposed to be. And I really like this match. Yeah, I just, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't emotionally invested. I thought AJ did a fantastic job bumping around. Although the match started a little slow. Um, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a bad match. But there, to me, like, even the Miz coming in kind of took me out of the match. Because here's here's the thing. There's just certain things with logic that just, you know, it's hard to use it in pro wrestling all the time. But sometimes things are just silly. AJ Styles has been thrown through multiple tables, off of ladders. He's been completely brutalized in this match. Yet he keeps coming back. Miz comes in, gets baby tossed onto a table to the outside, and acts like he's a dead man for like 10 minutes. That shit was so stupid to me. Like, almost threw him out of the ring. 
And he didn't launch him, not like how Drew threw AJ. He just kind of dropped him out of the ring. And Miz acted like he was dead. And it was just, it was silly to me because, yes, the story wasn't built there. It, like, it wasn't, it wasn't built very well. Obviously, the Miz getting the briefcase is he can lose and nobody cares. Whereas with Otis, people would be like, oh, it's over for Otis. Miz is a guy, he's a made man. Anything he does from here on out doesn't matter for the rest of his career. He can lose every match if he wants to. Um, but he doesn't have to. But I just, I, did, I wasn't into this match like that. Like, there were some great spots. I just wasn't, there was no story there for me. Like, even the closing segment of Raw last week heading into this where, you know, Styles and Drew are talking. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, this could be a really good match if they had time to build it. And I felt like I cared. But the ending was never in doubt. We knew we knew Drew was never going to lose. And AJ, yes, he worked his ass off. Drew does what Drew does. And Miz just kind of showed up. But the match was cool. Like I just, I didn't see. I don't. I can't compare. I don't think this was remotely close to as good as the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns match, at all. I but uh, it was fine. It was fine. It was a good opener. It was really good. I'm glad that they. I what I thought was they were bookending the show with both of these matches, and I was like, you're starting off hot with this, and yeah, the story doesn't take you through, but man, they busted their ass and put together a hell of a match, and then you end it hot with the other match. Which ended it hot, but not not with the title match that should have went on at the end. And uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, I think you're a little hard on this match. Not that it's a bad match because you didn't say that. But uh, I think maybe this is why you give a B- minus instead of a B. Yes, this is. Like I said, I, if this match I felt like was amazing, then yeah. But I felt this match was good. Yeah, so that's where me giving it a B comes in. Um, next match, Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Really, though, my, you know, affinity for Sasha Banks aside, she's the best woman doing it right now. <laughs> Somebody she else's shows the... up would differ. Big <laughs> to differ. Um, listen, no one is on the level in terms of women's wrestling that Sasha Banks is. She pulled one hell of a match out of Carmella. They were chain wrestling. Yes. Carmella wasn't too bad. But again, I'm at the point where Sasha Banks, for a women's wrestler, is on AJ Styles, Kenny Omega level of whoever you put in there with them, they're going to look like a million bucks. Yes. And I think Sasha's there. You give her Lana, she's probably putting out a fucking four-star match. That's she, a tall task. A tall task, but I think she could do it. She's at that point where she was taking... Bronco Busters tonight, like that shit was the hardest hitting finisher ever. Just straight to the grill. Like everything she did to sell for Carmella worked and it was a twelve minute match. I thought they had perfect amount of time. I liked the finish. I like the spots in between. It was really well done. Sasha's the best women's wrestler in the world and better be number one next year on PWI. Yeah, I I thought this was a really good match. Much better than it had any business being. So my my mild criticism has nothing to do with the match. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with the gimmick that they've given Carmella. And I mentioned it last time. It is basically Eva Marie and Lana put together. And here is Carmella just taking their gimmick and running with it. But the thing is, is that Carmella's done the best that she can do with that shitty gimmick. And is actually trying to make that thing work. But then, you mentioned the, you know, the, the match itself. 
Carmella was working in this match. Mm-hmm. Like, she is taking her time off to vastly improve. She's no longer just a moonwalking super kick girl. Like, she can wrestle. And she's improved. And, you know, you put her in, some, in there with somebody like Sasha, and you're going to get a good match. But it was much better than I expected it would be. And even the little shenanigans with Reginald's, I guess that's his name. Um, <laughs> I just found out his name today. <laughs> I think we all did. I don't think any of us knew his name okay, before Okay, they this. just gave him a name, Reginald. Yeah, but even that, like, it didn't bother me. The chain wrestling towards the end with the uh, submission attempts and the pin combinations was great. And it didn't look forced. It looked very smooth. And I have to give that up to Carmella for putting that together just as much as I do Sasha. So I think... This match was a really, really damn good match. It's just a weird thing to have Carmella come back and be put into this position because now where does she go? The women's division on SmackDown is so different from Raw. Like, you have Bianca and you have Bailey, And which is, you know, it, clearly they're going to head into something, whether it be Royal Rumble. I don't know how their little feud ends up. But they got something going on there. They talk about the women's tag team title switching back and forth between shows. I can't remember the last time I saw Shayna and uh, Nia Jax on SmackDown. They feel like they've been 100% raw. Yep, I think they have. They didn't switch at all. So with that, you had more room. We haven't seen Naomi. Like, you know, we had this Billy Kay with uh, Tamina. And then you had the Riot Squad. But it feels like they're really middling. And they've run out of people for Sasha to face. Whereas Raw, it feels like they have a ton of talent. Sometimes I think they do these uh, superstar shakeups or the draft or whatever the hell you're going to call them. And they put people on shows and then realize, like, oh, this probably wasn't a good idea. Like, we should have put this person on this show. And I, I think, like SmackDown's women's roster. I like it better than Raw. But they, they're they not being utilized. Okay. Because, okay, so I, obviously. I, I argue Bianca feels like and B- Bailey are building to something. Yeah, I just, you know, obviously it feels like Bianca's going to be next in line. Yep. But in the interim, you have Bianca and Bailey, you have Carmella and Sasha. Is there a third women's feud on SmackDown? Bianca, Bailey, Carmella, and Sasha. Uh, no. Okay. No third women's feud. I mean, there was Billy Kay trying to. That's a lie. There is the Riot Squad versus Billy Kay, and Billy Kay's trying to find a partner to. Then take on the riot squad as a tag like, team. Okay, so what is the answer to this? There's only one answer to this question. Who is Billy Kay's partner? <laughs> Peyton Royce. Come it's on, Billy Kay's partner. It's ridiculous. There's no reason to not just bring Peyton Royce over and Billy Kay and reunite them because Peyton Royce isn't doing what you thought she was going to do on Raw. This... So instead of wasting time and just leaving her there, just middling, doing nothing, just put them back together. This is my point. Like you put somebody on a show, and then you're like, "That was a bad idea." Peyton Royce going to Raw was a terrible idea. Yep. Terrible idea. Like so, they they have the roster. I just don't feel like they're being utilized. So, regardless, this was like a really good match, and I kind of hope that this feud isn't over. I feel like there's a little bit more to this because if it is over, then I don't know what they do with Carmella. And as long as Bailey and Bianca have a feud going, they can keep this up. They can find a way to keep this up. Yeah, give Sasha a nice little defense at Royal Rumble. Whatever it like, is. Just, Carmella's good. I think Carmella's she is shockingly... I never thought she. I would say that a Carmella match would be really good. And this was really good. Yep, it was. And then, it, which is hard to follow them, 
that opening match, and they did it very well. They did. That was another thing. Uh, next match, Hurt Business versus New Day. I thought this went how it was supposed to be as well. Yes. I thought it was good. I liked the New Day with, not without Big E, because obviously he's still a part of it, but they seem to be less jokey and gimmicky now. It's like Xavier Woods came back from injury. He was like, no, I'm showing motherfuckers I can wrestle. His moveset has gone way up since coming back. Um, before, it was like, oh, Xavier's in there, and it's not Biggie and Kofi. Oh, Xavier's taking a pin. Yeah. They're losing. But now it's like, no, like, you know, X is, is doing his thing right now in the ring. So I like that. I liked how how quick they started. Cedric, they were really building layers into this Cedric character and the friction within the Hurt Business as a group where they can go a lot of different ways. Hopefully, it doesn't end up with Cedric being kicked out and forgotten. But... Um, I think they're building these layers that are really, really good with Cedric Alexander. Like, MVP trying to give the pep talk, and Cedric just runs in, and then ends up getting his ass whooped for the first three minutes. And then Shelton having to bail him out. Like, those little things matter. That's good storytelling. And then, of course, I like how it ends, where Shelton has everything lined up for the finish on Kofi. And then Cedric Alexander steals the pin, comes in, lumbar check, and he takes the pin to win the belts. I, I thought it was very well done start to finish. I agree. Uh, the Cedric Alexander character had me on the ropes. I was like, oh, man, they're about to turn on him already. Because clearly they're moving, they felt like they were moving in that direction. He's overzealous. He's talkative. He's you know trying to steal the spotlight. He's you know He jumped in Bobby Lashley's arms last, last week. But instead of all that... Like, his overzealous ass gets pummeled in the first two minutes of the match. He exits the match. Shelton Benjamin, who continues to be one of the most underrated wrestlers I've ever seen, goes in there and just goes to work. Like, just power moves. Like, the man's just a hybrid wrestler. Like, he can do all that athletic shit, but he can kill you with those power moves. And he looks the part. So he's like a machine in there just going to work. And then Cedric kind of steals the pin at the end. And, and at that moment, when Cedric tagged himself in, I was like, oh, Cedric's about to fuck up and eat the pin. No, he didn't. He won the match. <laughs> this was well done. Hopefully, it is. They, they, hopefully they don't break these, you know, break Cedric off because this is exactly what he needs right now. It's like maybe they, I'm not saying this is his rock moment in the Nation of Domination, but I kind of am, right? Like when The Rock came in, it was Farouk, and then The Rock just kind of took over. I feel like Cedric could be heading in that direction where he tries to take over, maybe fails and falls flat on his face, but he shows that he's a little bit more charismatic than we've been led to believe. And he gets an opportunity to have a nice little run with these tag titles. And then I don't know if he gets a solo run or I don't know what happens, but this is the best thing that could have possibly happened to his career because he was treading water for a long time. This is fun. It is. It is. Uh, damn shame Ricochet didn't join him. Yeah, no. <laughs> damn damn shame. He's feuding with Retribution, and they're all dead. Fam, like, he might as well join them and just die a slow death, too. I don't I don't even know where that's going. They couldn't even get that on the pre-show. That's, that shit's whack. Everybody realize that, Again, you realize something's a bad idea, and he's just like, yeah, this is a really bad idea, guys. That, that shit was just, it's bad. <laughs> like the retribution angle is bad. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to let that die a slow death. And Ricochet is going right along with it. 
unfortunately. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably is. It's that's a sad, sad fate for him. Um, no, let's take our first break then, because I was about to say let's get into the next match, but it's perfect time for our first break. When we come back, then we'll talk Asuka and a mystery partner versus Maya Jax and Shayna Baszler. And then we'll hit up Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in detail. And the main event of TLC, Randy Orton versus The Fiend, which I'm sure you have plenty to talk about. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in a second. But first, 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as promised, we are back and we are talking about the women's tag team titles. So we have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. They had this whole angle built around Lana and bullying to the point where they like mess up Lana's leg, kayfabe, Lana's out of the match. Asuka has to find a last second replacement. And as I said last week, the replacement is Charlotte Flair. She comes back. What I didn't expect is for them to go out here and win the match, which happened, and Charlotte looked a little rusty, if like we're being honest. That closing transition with her and Shayna was very choppy. And the ref didn't help it at all either. He was kind of lost on and late on these pins. But it was very choppy. And then we get the submission. Shayna taps. And Charlotte must pose. So Charlotte comes back first day and grabs gold. I know this puts a smile on your face. Nah, I fucking hate this. <laughs> like, Charlotte Flair's run. And I don't know if this is Charlotte's fault. I don't know how she is in the locker room. But it comes at the expense of everybody else around her. And we see this like routinely, whether it's Sasha having to play hot potato with a title, whether it's Asuka losing at WrestleMania. And now it's going to come at the expense of Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler is about to become an afterthought because Charlotte's back. Rhea Ripley at, at WrestleMania losing the NXT uh, title. Whenever, wherever she shows up, somebody gets put in the background. And this match in particular showed you exactly that. This was a nothing-ass match. 
It was a Charlotte showcase. Like nothing else mattered. Asuka played damsel in distress despite being the women's champion. Played damsel in distress for the entire match. Got the hot tag. Charlotte came in. Nia tried to interfere. Got hit with a hip attack. Charlotte hits uh, before the natural selection. She goes for the figure eight. Nia interferes. That's when the hip attack comes. And then Kurafuda Clutch uh, gets reversed into natural selection, and we get the pin. That was the match. Yep. And there was a spot where Charlotte did a moonsault and nobody caught her. Them knees, I swear to God. She she going to get surgery for them boobs. She going to need surgery on them knees, bro. Because she, she keeps landing on them shits hard and nobody ever catches her. But at any rate, is this all coming at the expense of somebody else, which is now about to be Asuka? Now, I get it, man. They love Charlotte. But here's the issue. Why the fuck whenever Asuka turns into a baby face, does she become a complete idiot? <laughs> I mean, trusting Charlotte isn't going to go her way, is what you're saying? Come on, man. Listen, ask every time. Look, ask, and I use this. I use Asuka a lot. And it's somebody else, somebody in the industry, and I won't tell you who, brought this person's name up to me today. And I was like, you're right. Tajiri. Remember Tajiri? Yes, I remember Tajiri. Tajiri was a fucking savage in ECW. An absolute savage. Came to the WWE and became a joke. Whenever he was a babyface, he was an absolute joke. Asuka, that's how Vince sees foreign wrestlers. Either they're heels and they're like monsters to an extent. But if they're babyfaces, they're doofuses and morons who barely speak the English language. Now, Asuka's made really good with what she's had, right? Because she's very playful. She's very fun. That's just naturally charismatic. That's who she is. But now that Charlotte is back, Asuka's got to become the village idiot again. She's got to trust Charlotte. You remember how how stupid Asuka looked in the Carmella feud with James Ellsworth? Yeah, Elzor? that wasn't good. Yeah. Every, that was probably the, the true down point of Asuka. But every time she's a babyface, this happens. Every single time she becomes a babyface, because Asuka's never the one. She's the one. She's the two. Charlotte is the one. And then Sasha... And then Bailey, then Oscar. Well, then Becky. Well, Becky's not here right now. Uh, when she comes back, she will then also be a woman. Yes, but Oscar's not one of the horsewomen. The horsewomen must pose. Yep. And so always, Asuka, sir, always. So Oscar's in this position now, where hopefully the smart thing to do is I, see. I don't even know how you play this because I look at it like Oscar's the one that needs to turn here, but we've already been down this path. But I don't want Charlotte to make Asuka look like an idiot again. Because why would you trust a woman who you know is going to come after your title? This this is... I I just... I hate it. I hate it. The only way I can make sense of it is that she was good enough to win her A title. So you trust her. No, that's still... That's corny. Because you're the women... Like, one, women's tag titles don't really mean much anything. She already had them. What Kyrie's saying. She's had the taste of these titles. Two... You know the fuck Charlotte is. She's a snake. <laughs> like, come on, man. You can't be this stupid. Right? And it, especially with Mania season coming up. Like, we know what's about to happen. Just hopefully it would be Asuka beating Charlotte to the turn before Charlotte turns on Asuka. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I just hate that they make her look like the village idiot. She can't be this dumb. And in this match, she was made out to be the lesser than in the tag team. But she's the champ. How are you the lesser end of this? How are you being the damsel in distress? And you are the champ. 
When, that was what was weird to me. Like, you need Charlotte to save you? Like, don't we... Like, how soon we forget last week and the week before that and the week before that, who was saving Lana's ass, beating both of their asses? Asuka. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, she can't do it? She needs Charlotte? This is bad. This is bad. And, like, Charlotte must pose. This is getting ridiculous. If Asuka don't beat her at WrestleMania, if, if this drags out that far, ah, this is pointless. This is dumb. Charlotte wrecks everything in her sight. And ain't, yeah, she ain't come back to lose. She never comes back to Like, when does she lose? Like, when does she stay losing? She's a flair because it's not unlike Hogan. Ric Flair would lose, but it was only a matter of time before he get that title back. Like, same thing with Charlotte. She would lose. She'll drop the title. You just know when she comes back around and it's time, she's getting that title back. That's exactly what's about to happen here. It's kind of whack. <laughs> God, I mean, I'm used to it at this point. I don't mean I got to so like it. I'm not, it. like, shocked and surprised. I'm never shocked and surprised by this stuff. It doesn't mean I got to like it. That's also true. I didn't dislike it as much as you did because I expected it. Now the countdown begins to, okay, how do they lose the titles? You're in a conundrum. Because Charlotte's back and Charlotte must pose. And obviously she's taking the hot tags and all this stuff. So if she's going to contend for the title, having her eat a pin is kind of weird and risky. But then again, how do you have your woman's champion eat the pin to lose the tag team titles? None of them can really lose. Like neither of them. It makes no sense. Well, it also leads you to believe that we say this before, right? I don't like when the tag team titles are used as a prop to separate two people. And sometimes it works. And say, unless it's Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Yeah, like sometimes it works and they end up having really good tag matches. And that's what Page and Omega did. They had really good tag matches along the way. They eventually split up. But that shit was like four or five months of them running that division. We don't expect Charlotte and Asuka to hold these titles long. Because it, it may not last four or five weeks. That's what I'm saying. So we got to move on to the next thing. And in order to get to this feud, it has to be something where it's either jealousy or what's the most common thing? A miscommunication. And Charlotte accidentally hits Oscar. Oscar accidentally hits Charlotte. And then they start beefing because somebody stole the pin. That's what happens every time. And that's probably what we're going to get. But it's just, it's whack, man. Because I, I just. I don't know. I just when I see Charlotte, I'm just like, well, damn. Nobody else is gonna get to do anything. It'd be nice if Rhea Ripley came in and beat that ass. That's not what's gonna happen. Yeah, no, but it's definitely not what's gonna happen. Silver lining here, though, is we know how Charlotte's getting her path to the title. That's not silver lining. Which means she doesn't have to win the rumble. No silver lining. No. That doesn't necessarily mean that. Yeah, it does. It's already built in. You don't need to win the Rumble to get mm, into it. Could Okay. Just hypothetically. And I, I'm sure they've talked about this. If Lana is legitimately hurt, which I don't know what happens to this storyline moving forward. She has to continue it with Nia solo dolo. That, it don't work. She's the true damsel in distress. She needed an Oscar. It doesn't work. Yeah. But anyway, if the plan was... For Charlotte to come back around the Royal Rumble, she was probably winning that shit. Now, if Charlotte is in the Royal Rumble and wins the Royal Rumble while being Asuka's tag team partner in the championship, 
there there's your your they they would I can't put it past them. They would put it all into those two. Oh, that's your dissension, is what you're yep. saying. Like, who are you gonna challenge? Oh, I don't know. Bitch, you're going to challenge me. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> like, that's what Oscar's looking at y'all. Like, you're going to challenge me. Oh, I don't know. I just won the room. Maybe I'll challenge my friend Sasha. Like, they could play that angle. That's not they that could. far-fetched. They could. And, you know, Charlotte must pose. I mean, come that's on. That's actually very likely. Did she win it last year? Yes. Back-to-back. They would love that. That's what I'm saying. Like, the girl just racks up accolades. So, it's like she could win the role. Like, it feels like there's only two people who can win this. Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. I don't think anybody else can win the Royal Rumble. Not right now. Or Lana. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Wouldn't put it fast. No. It's it's Charlotte or it's Bianca. Nobody else can win this Royal Rumble. You look at all the women on the roster, there isn't a single one that you could say, yeah, they built them up to be in the title picture. Yep. No, I agree. So, and yeah, Charlotte can win back to back. She could win. I'd hate it, but that it I could happen. It, I take it back. Uh, the horse women could do no wrong in my eyes, so fuck it. If she wins it again, she wins it. I'm right with it. Um, next match, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. We touched on it a little bit already. <sighs> amazing match, amazing storytelling. The storytelling is what carried the match. Um, I'll let you go through your finer points, and then I will tell you what takes this match down a notch for me. So... Kevin Owens deserves better. That's the first thing I'll say. He oh, is he came out looking like a million bucks. Yo, he's hands down one of the best performers in pro wrestling, period. When you give him that time to go. Because there are few that can perform with that level of intensity. Also with the moveset. Also with the ability to talk and make everything feel believable. The promo he, he and Heyman had on Talking Smack was incredible incredible he is a man who could just sell anything he sell water do a well man's that good so he heads in this match on a feud that was built in about the same amount of time as styles and drew but the level of intensity was incredible and that's also a testament to how fucking good roman reigns has been like he i can't we say this every week now like he's incredible like he's he doesn't fail at this so this match, Kevin Owens, the champ comes out first, and Roman Reigns and Roman gets blindsided by Kevin Owens, who is met by Jay Uso, and he beats his ass too. And Jay Uso's the pest that just won't go away throughout the entire match, because Kevin Owens said, "You have to kill me." Now we also have to remember, for those of us who watch Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor or in PWG, motherfucker's a master at these ladder matches. He does not. There's not a bump that he's unwilling to take. Yep. And throughout this match, there was a sequence where I think Roman powerbombed him through a ladder, uh, chokeslammed him through a table, and then Samoa dropped him through another table, all in the span of like 60 seconds. That was ridiculous. Who else can take these kind of bumps? And then he kept coming back. And then he almost beat him by baiting him into flying. That barricade spot was actually surprised because I didn't think Roman was going to go flying through the barricade the way that he did. <laughs> did it slow down at all? No. I was like, yo. But then there's like the chatter. Then towards the end, as after that, well, I can't, I'm trying to remember which sequence it was. There was there were several brutal ass sequences. Oh, the spear through the table on in the corner spot, which folded 
Owens in half. And everybody thought it was over. And then outside the camera view, Kevin Owens is getting up. And Roman Reigns incredulously looks down. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's looking at this dude like he just keeps getting up. And he's like, you're embarrassing your family. Which is where the no crowd really helps because you can hear everything that they're saying. Yep. And, uh, you know, it took Uso to, to finally help Roman be the tribal chief. And you have to play that storyline because Uso's been failing so many times in, in this family affair. And he, and he helps him finally win. I love this fucking match. The brutality of it, the intensity, the brutality, the Uso run-ins made... Because you have to keep Roman as a heel. You need Uso to do things like this. Otherwise, it just looks like Roman Reigns is just a powerhouse as a heel, which is not what a heel really does. He has to get some help. And I there, there was nothing wrong with this match. So you go ahead and you tell me what was wrong with this match, but I, I didn't find anything wrong with this match. You touched on what I found wrong. It was too much Jay Uso. Nah, that's what you needed. I I could have done with maybe two. Oh man. When a man says Kevin that he, Owens fought him off five times. When a man says you have to kill me to beat me. Yes, Jay has to keep coming back. Because it wasn't like Jay Jay would just leave. Jay would get fucked up and had to get help to the back. Every time like like Kevin Owens like stunned him. He, he, I forgot, pop-up powerbomb. Every time he would send Uso to the back, and that fucker would just keep coming back. I This was necessary to keep Roman Reigns as a hot heel. If Roman just did this by himself, it wouldn't have been the same impact. You got to keep this man as a heel, like a mega heel. That's the way you have to do it. He's got to be cheap. He's got to be a cheater. Yeah, that was a lot. It was a lot. But again, it made Kevin Owens look like a million bucks. But also, it made Roman Reigns look like you need every advantage to be Kevin Owens. Yes. And that's that's the purpose of that. At a point, I could have been okay with just powerhouse Roman turning it up at the end. No, man. That's not how you build a heel. You can't build a heel by having him win matches clean. You can't. No, but there's a lot of cheating. <laughs> like, that's fine. That's what a heel does. A level to this. There's a lot of cheating. But that's what heels do. Heels cheat. If a heel doesn't cheat, then he then guess what? He's not a heel. That's true. But then you cheat too much, you get J and J security chicken shit heel. No, because there was nothing chicken shit about what Roman did. It's not like cause because honestly, he didn't cheat. It was within the rules. It was within the rules. So he, he wasn't needed a lot of help. He needed the help. And there's nothing wrong with him getting that help. Because otherwise, like I said, if he keeps winning match if he wins matches clean constantly. He's a babyface. It ain't that hard to turn a back babyface. Like when Randy Orton just starts RKOing people, what do fans do? They start cheering. And guess what? Got to yeah. turn a babyface. But Roman has to be a dick. Like he just has to. Because even after this, he's still going to treat Jay like an like a complete bitch. He's still going to do that. Like it's hard. Like we we if you've noticed, Roman Reigns is so good at being a heel. That is getting increasingly more difficult that one day when fans just start to attend these, that they're going to boo him because he's too good at this shit. But as long as you keep doing shit like this, you go, ah, man, he didn't need to do that. That's how you keep him a heel. I guess I'm at that point. So I'm helping keep Roman Reigns a heel. Because, like, oh, man, he didn't need to do this. So that I am part of the crew helping keeping him a heel. Um, but again, still very good match, very good storytelling. If they can elongate it, 
it'd be great. Um, this is a match where you look at it and be like, oh, this would be great for a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> or something to keep Us uh, or Jay Uso out. And now it's just Roman versus Kevin. Like, you're building to something. We're emotionally invested. But you have a whole pay-per-view for Hell in a Cells, so we're not getting it. Yeah. That, Maybe just a steel cage match. It's such a mistake, man, to continue to do these theme pay-per-views because this should have been the blow-off. Well, could have been the second match. Like, I like long feuds when it makes sense. And I feel like Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns is a feud that I'd be like, yeah, you could do this for three months. I don't care. First match, make regular match. Second match, TLC match. Third match, a Hell in the Cell match. Okay, I would have been fine with it. Yep. But, no. We got the, the first match as a TLC. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Well, they weren't even in. Yeah, I mean, first match, TLC. But then you waste the Hell in the Cell off of, you know, Jey Uso. And have a million run, run-ins in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, that's I, that's just bad. Book. I don't know. It's very weird. That could have been a normal-ass match. It would have played out exactly the same. So, I don't know. It's ass backwards. Last, here we are. Uh, we'll see how this plays out at the Royal Rumble. See if they keep it going. And then the main event. Randy Orton versus The Fiend in a Firefly Funhouse Inferno match. One, it starts off, I didn't see no fire. I was like, how is this shit going to end? Like, this is not Kane, Taker. Where's the fire around the ring? And then, boom, the fire shows up. Uh, the Fiend magically creates some fire. But it's all around the outside of the apron. Or not the apron, but, like, outside of the barricade. And I'm like, this is PG-ass fire. I want someone legit about to burn their skin off doing the dive outside the ring. I get over this. Then the match starts off. The Fiend is doing Fiended stuff. I was really hoping he'd roast Randy Orton in the chair. And then you just get like a Mortal Kombat finish where it's just Orton's skeleton left. Alas, Orton escapes that. And then we go through. They're beating each other up. And then Randy Orton pushes the Fiend. Fiend's coat goes on fire. I think that's the end of the match, right? Supposedly. So no bell rings, though. I'm like, yo, the man's on fire. Like, The Fiend is lost. Instead, The Fiend goes in, tries to battle claw Randy Orton while on fire, eats an RKO. That somehow extinguishes him, which is amazing. I don't even know how he planned that. But he was extinguished by an RKO. So Randy Orton looks down at him and says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put gas on you. I'm going to set your whole ass on, your whole body on fire for everyone to see because you got extinguished with my RKO. Sets the fiend on fire, or imposes end of the pay per view. I I don't need 50-50 booking for the fiend. That's my biggest problem. <sighs> the fire is not my problem. I don't need 50-50 booking for the fiend, and this is a feud clearly going to continue. Yo, there are some people that like this match. I fucking hated this match. <laughs> of course you hate it. It's not your style of match. No, it's not my style of match. Like, listen, man. Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have never had a good match. Never. And you can you shit the bed at WrestleMania already with the House of Horrors match. Completely shit the bed. Here we are again. The irony of a TLC pay-per-view ending in a fire match that has no tables, ladders, or chairs. What the fuck are we doing? 
I I don't know. I don't know how we got here. Like how how do you have a TLC pay per view that's main evented by fire? Yeah, yeah, no answers. There's no answers here. I have no answer. Like, maybe a burning table? But they didn't even use a burning table. No, they just used fire, a fucking pickaxe. A pickaxe? What are we going to do with a pickaxe? You can't light anybody on fire with a pickaxe. The Fiend pulled out a pickaxe. Then he tried to light a rocking chair on fire, which was strangely edited because we saw the flame hit the chair while Randy Orton was in it. But then we get like a two-second delay and Randy Orton gets out of the chair and escapes the fire. That was bad. But anyway... The match itself to get here was our usual plotting ass Fiend and Randy Orton stuff. There was nothing exciting about this match. Nothing. There was nothing. This match sucked. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be a real match, right? Like, but it was nothing. Like AJ Styles and Undertaker were able to entertain us, and that was a boneyard match. Yeah. Like this, they didn't. This was a half-ass cinematic match that was still happening in a wrestling ring. I thought when we said fire, funhouse, inferno match, it was gonna be in the funhouse with fire, not in the goddamn Thunderdome with fire in in the amongst the screens that only Bray Wyatt could do. Because if Randall, listen, if Randall Keith Orton couldn't make fire, he's kind of screwed in finishing this match because there was no way they're gonna get fire. Also. Why is Randy Orton always involved in a match that has to do with murdering somebody? He is a serial killer. <laughs> Why does this <laughs> like, always happen? By definition. He's murdered Bray Wyatt twice. The first time by arson. He burnt down his home, which was not even in his name. It was in Sister Abigail's name. Now he owes Sister Abigail for life. He burnt down that shit with Bray inside. Bray comes back. Randy... Threw someone off of a roof. <laughs> Just like what the- two people <laughs> off the roof. This he didn't care. This Murder. Care. I think AJ Styles was one of them. Threw him off of a roof. Didn't even care. Wasn't Alistair Black? Alistair Black's other. I haven't seen Alistair since. No, he might have honestly murdered Alistair. They just Black. like Alistair. No, Alistair came back. Like the the Monday after that, him and Rey oh, Mysterio okay. were both back. They both okay. got thrown off the roof. They both oh, came Ray back. Oh, Mysterio was the other guy. Yeah, they both came back and then nothing. But, dude, they, like for this to main event a TLC show, a theme pay-per-view in, in a boring-ass Firefly Inferno bullshit match, and then you light the motherfucker on fire until he dies, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Are we writing off The Fiend again from TV for a little while? Is that what uh, we're doing? Maybe. It looks like he did his whole tweet, I'm going back in my cocoon thing. I don't I don't understand any of this. I mean, he got to come back like at the Rumble. Are you stretching it to Mania? Like, I don't... Is this going to be the cinematic match of this year oh, at Mania? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. Him versus Orton? And you said that they would try to drag this out into Mania. I hope... God damn, I hope you're wrong. Because this is bad. Nobody right? wants to. He just... He disappears to the Rumble. Cost Orton. At the Rumble, and then you have them feud into Mania, and you get the same. I feel like they've done three cinematic matches with these two already, but you do another one in the Funhouse. Maybe I don't know what the fuck you do. I I can't I can't. They still haven't even gotten Alexa Bliss really into the story. Yo, she was in it in the beginning, and she just watched her man get set on fire, and she's nowhere to be found. 
Yeah, like she she's still not even knee deep in this yet. They got another four months of this shit. I see. Here's the other thing I want. And with the fiend losing, it's not ending with the fiend losing. No. So we're seeing it again. But the other thing I don't understand is this. Randy Orton is Randy Orton. We all get it. The Fiend is supposed to be this unstoppable force, but and still, you know, he got lit in fire, got RKO'd, and that was it. He, the motherfucker, like, I can't be that far removed. I can't be the only one who remembers that the motherfucker got hit with sledgehammers and all kinds of shit and got up like it was nothing. Yet a fire and an RKO put him down for the count. Yeah, I mean, it's fire, man. <laughs> Yo, did he, did he, he got hit with a sledgehammer against Seth Rollins. In the face. And, he, I mean, he wasn't pinned. <laughs> I'm just saying. He was never down for as long as he was from this fucking RKO. No. Like, I mean, he was dead. It was more of the fire. The fire whole back was on fire. It, it, yes, it was his back. And, you know, some people are like, it was a cool spot, him running in the ring on fire, Randy Orton RKO'd him. Okay, cool. But I just, you know, I don't know. I don't need to He's on fire. <laughs> it's a, that is a cool spot. He's moving and on fire. Yeah, I just, I don't, again, cool spot, but this match sucked. <laughs> this match, this match sucked. This feud sucked. It was sucks. only there. It was only there to set a man on fire. Yeah, yes. And then he set his entire body on fire. You can at least say they've done something we haven't seen before. I just, oh man, for this to close the show was dumb. It was dumb. It should have been Roman Reigns. And it, it makes you wonder, like, the reason I feel like Roman Reigns didn't close this pay-per-view had nothing to do with Roman Reigns, had everything to do with Kevin Owens. Whereas with Randy Orton and The Fiend, they're still in heavily invested in Randy Orton. The guy just won the title. Yep. And The Fiend, they just, you know, they're just not going to give up. <laughs> whatever they're gonna do with the fiend, they—I love the character still. Yes, I know, but this—the fiend character is great. The matches suck. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you make his matches competitive. <laughs> like the character doesn't lean towards that. Daniel Bryan was the only one to pull that out. It's just, but it's just not fun. Like you jumped the shark too early. The toothpaste is out the tube. You can't put it back. The man was indestructible against Seth Rollins. I mean, the man set on fire. He's going to be back. He's still indestructible. Oh, <laughs> this was bad. Anyway. He was set on fire. This, this just, like, uh, watching this, this was as bad as watching that Undertaker farewell speech in front of nobody. No. No, no, it wasn't that Yes, bad. it was. It was it just was equally as pointless. Overboard. It, at least Samoa Joe had really good comments. Oh, Samoa Joe's the MVP of this entire match. He enjoys people getting murdered. Yes. Like, <laughs> you, you could hear it. There was joy in his voice. Yes. Like, Samoa Joe was fantastic on commentary. He's just good at what he does. I wish that they would have had Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens in their prime as wrestlers. Oh, no. They would have fucked it up. Yeah, they would have fucked it up. But, yeah. No, they, they, were, they were where... To be fair, they had Kevin Owens in his prime. Um, thankfully, we got to see a good amount of that in NXT... For a couple months before he moved up, and then he still crushed it. Him and Cena, him and um, him and Sammy had one hell of a feud. They're like over the summer TLC match or battlegrounds match. It's one of the best matches this decade in the main roster. Yeah, no, they've had some great matches. I agree. So he had his universal title run, and then it was over after. 
Then they just started. So, they just weirdly like the whole Jericho. It felt like after Vince didn't oh, Jericho like, feud was so good. Yeah, but I feel like after Vince watched that WrestleMania match and just didn't like it, they just kind of buried Kevin after that for a while, like punished yeah. them, which is whack because Kevin is really good. But anyway, yeah. Um, hopefully they're seeing seeing that now, and well, you never know, and don't know what the hell Pritchard thinks of him, because Pritchard still has a very old school mentality. Where it's like you're a fat guy, I don't, I don't understand it. Very true. So I mean, we'll we'll see how far Kevin can go, but for right now, I think this is a good spot for him because Roman's not losing, but damn, Kevin Owens makes it very intriguing. Yes. So it, it's it's really fun. Let's take our last break. We're gonna come back just for a couple minutes to close out the show, doing some quick hypotheticals for 2021 that I want your opinion on. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. It is officially December 21st. Dre, I don't have superpowers. (laughs) I really, really wanted at least invincibility. At least, like, just just make me invincible, like, perfect. Or I would have taken the ability to fly, even though I'm scared of heights. That'd have been interesting to see. That'd have been yeah, a waste of a it's talent. A, it's no, it's an interesting dynamic. I would have to figure it out. The hero's journey. I, I would have figured out what to do. Instead, I'm sitting here like Batman. I'm powerless. You got a utility belt though. I don't have a utility belt, nor nor his millions. Oh yeah, you're completely so, powerless. Completely powerless. At most, like maybe Jay Z can become Batman. Like he has enough money to like fake the funk and become Batman if he wants. Yeah. I don't got that money. Yeah, you're done. I'm I'm powerless. I'm not even Robin. I don't got shit. And Robin was broke. He at least had a costume. I've got nothing. What what superpower would you have had? Assuming um, you don't have any, you're just keeping it from me. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Not flying. Maybe just super strength. Yeah, I'd take super strength. Because I just love, you know. You're such a small guy, though. Exactly. That's what would make it great. Like, you know, somebody try to run up on me, I punch a hole in somebody's face. Nobody <laughs> fuck with me. You don't fuck with you now. But okay. I know. I'm just saying. Like, it's, I'm just saying. Like, they, 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 to know, there has to be something to the fact that when you know you can like hurt somebody because usually getting a fight is like some 50 50 shit you're like ah he, could, he might get be able to get me and i'll have to get him and you fight out of fear but if i'm not fear scared and i can just punch a hole through your face like literally just punch a hole through your face <laughs> yeah i'll take oh, that we'd be finding whitlock yeah uh, <laughs> no i 
I would have guessed supreme intellect. You, you seem like a, a, a evil villain, master, you know, manipulator type guy. Yeah, you that's could not use your supreme power, intellect for a supreme intellect is a power. Nah, that's that that's easy. I got that power already. I'm talking. I I need something I can't have, which is super strength. Yeah, I see you as like a Professor X. What nah. is he? A telepath? The motherfucker can't walk, man. I need to be able to walk. <laughs> that's that's happenstance. Like <laughs> his powers then rob him of the ability to walk. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, we've gone down an odd path. So, we're here for this final segment because I want to talk about 2021. Get in the time machine. Oh, time travel. Superpower. I did it. Boom. So, we're sitting here now. It is December 21st, 2021. Hopefully, we're gearing up to go to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom. This this is what I'm feeling for December 21st, 2021. I want to ask you, though, who are the champions in the WWE as we sit here right now in 2021? Oh, man. I, I can't predict that. It's Vince McMahon. It could be anybody. No, it, um, it, could, it could be. But Crystal Ball, I mean, <laughs> last year at this time, you James? look, Drew Mack was on his way. Like, so you could have guessed. Last like, year this I time? No, 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 no. Last year this time? I couldn't have predicted it would have been Drew Mack. Mm-mm. Not in December. Really? Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly, that Royal Rumble, we were all like, I don't know who's winning this shit. Oh, yeah. Drew came in at the Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about that. And he wrecked Brock and kind of just went on a tear. Yeah, it said, like, that Royal Rumble really set him up. It's funny, real quick. Emilio, Emilio Sparks, good friend, of ours and good friend of the podcast, he's he's chiding me on Twitter because I was like, why don't we give the money in the bank beef briefcase to somebody that matters? And he was like, that's not why the briefcase was created. It was created to aid somebody in getting o- getting over. And I just responded, who the fuck did this briefcase get over? <laughs> uh, no, Drew McIntyre was over already. Yeah, I was just thinking about the money in the bank gr- briefcase, like. The Miz, Otis, that shit didn't work this time around. It didn't work for Corbin. But he took the L last year. Yeah, look, look, I don't I I am very of the mindset that I don't mind if you lose, right? I don't think everybody that cashes in should win. I'm I agree with that. I think the money in the bank bank briefcase is used as a tool to make you become a threat. Now, Baron Corbin lost it like a goof, which is the was the problem with him with the whole Cena thing. But when Otis got that briefcase, none of us thought he was going to win the title. There wasn't a single person on this planet was like, yeah, Otis about to get that title. Because what was the first thing you said? Oh, he got to go. You cash that on the tag team titles. Nobody was yep. buying that shit. Easy. So, yeah, Emilio, look, I get what you're saying. Like, it's used to get somebody over, but it was never going to get Otis over. That was a joke. That was horribly and terribly wrong. Now, back to the point. Um, yeah, who were the champions at this time? So it was Brock, right? Brock was champ? Yeah, I'm looking. It wasn't defended. Neither belt was defended at TLC last year. So I have to then find... Who the hell was in TLC who last champions year? Were. Um, it was headlined by Kabuki Warriors versus Becky and Charlotte. Oh. Wow. Okay, so I... I can go to the Royal Rumble 
and find who the champions were. Um, so last year, Bray Wyatt was still champ. Oh, Jesus at this Christ. Time. He had beat Seth Rollins and was feuding with Daniel Bryan wow. heading into the strap match. So Bryan had just gone babyface again. Um, we had Bailey as champ, Women's SmackDown champ. We had uh, Cien Almas Andrade as United States champ. Hmm. And I don't know who the IC champ was because it wasn't defended. It wasn't Nakamura? Two. I'll give you Nak. It wasn't defended in two pay-per-views, so I can't <laughs> find that at all. It's funny. All title runs aren't, aren't created the same. Nakamura had that title, but it's like he didn't. <laughs> it was just there yeah, for it him. Wasn't even wasn't even on a pre-show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so I can't find out who even had that. The other champ, women's champ, was Becky Lynch. Um, she defeated Asuka at Royal Rumble, but yeah, she was in a tag match. Uh, tag team championships. We had some, let's see, tag team champions, Kabuki Warriors for the women. For the men, the Viking Raiders were champions. Oh, God, that was a terrible run. It wasn't great. It ended with ninjas. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. All right, so women's champion on Raw will probably still be Charlotte. (laughs) I'm just going to say Charlotte. Charlotte's going to hold some form of a women's title. Okay, uh, so you're giving her the raw title. Yeah, I guess we'll so. have a shakeup by then. So I mean, she could yeah, technically have either one. Um, she'll have a title, Charlotte, okay. and I would love to see Bianca with a title. I just don't know if that'll happen, but I'll say Bianca. And the women's tag champions, I don't fucking know. It'll be some random ass tag team they pull out of thin air. So I can't figure out who that'll be. Um, men's champion. Roman Reigns will have his hands back on the title if, if he loses it between now and summer. He'll have a title. Oh, okay. Uh, if he doesn't, he'll still be champion. He may be the one to break Punk's streak. It makes sense. Did Brock not beat that already? Wait, did Brock beat it? Yeah, fuck Brock. I think Dude. Brock beat it. Brock didn't really yeah. wrestle. Like, CM Punk at least wrestled every goddamn show. Um, (laughs) but fine. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Brock did beat it. So I think Roman can beat Brock Street. Roman will have a title. The other championship. Hmm. This time. Okay. So usually when we head into this stretch is a time if the world was normal between SummerSlam and Survivor Series heading into the Royal Rumbles where you can take a chance with a title to see if it works. Jinder Mahal. Um, I'm going to put the title on... Keith Lee. This, okay. This is not going to happen. But uh, he's the only person I could think of that would be like, yeah, it'd be a good time to run it, roll the dice with Keith Lee and see if it works. Um, a bonus answer, Keith Lee would be my money in the bank holder at this time next year. Mm, that's fair, too. I just, does Vince trust him? I don't know. So, as long as Randy Orton doesn't have a title at this time, I think Drew McIntyre will eventually lose that title. By this time next year, he's had a nice Agreed. run. Yeah, I see in U.S. titles. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Um, no, honestly, I don't care because they haven't made those <laughs> titles that important for me to care who has it. Bobby Lashley has it right now. When's the last time he defended it? I don't know. I really like Sammy with it. Yeah, I, I think they're both really good champions. They just 
again, if you don't give them placement on a pay-per-view, what are you doing? I agree. So, I, it handicaps their runs, but I think they're both very good champions. Um, if I had to give my list, I would say universal champion at this time next year would be Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Daniel Bryan getting the same um, thing on title. It's over. I see Daniel Bryan getting one last run. I think this so. This is truly his. Yeah, if this is his farewell, like, yo, I'm doing my dream matches. I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I think he's universal champ this time next year. Heading into Mania, setting up the goodbye Daniel Bryan Mania. Hmm. Um, so you give me that. I have WWE title, Roman Reigns, only because I think he's moved to Raw. You don't think so, keep him off I think, Nope. Okay. Uh, I think the declining ratings on Raw are going to be a problem. And I think USA puts pressure on them. So, I think Roman goes to Raw next, you know, September or whatever for the shakeup. So, give me Roman with the WWE title over there. Um, the tag team championships. This kind of coincides with the IC title for me. I have Undisputed Era being up on Raw. And United States, or excuse me, United States champion. Um, Undisputed Era on Raw, United States champion is Adam Cole, Tag Team Champions, Undisputed Era. Hmm. Whatever mix of the final three. Right. And this is post-draft, so I think they just get drafted. Um, I see title. I have this being... This is tough. Give me Keith Lee with the IC title and the briefcase at this point. Okie dokie. Then... Women's tag team titles give me uh, reunited iconics. It's after the fucking shakeup. Hopefully, they come to their senses and put them back together. So, reunited iconics, women's champions, and I think that's all of the belts. And that's a good run into Royal Rumble if those people were your champions. I don't know where Matt Riddle sits. I think Matt Riddle is United States champion. At Mania this year. But I don't think he holds it the whole time. But that means we get Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole sometime over the summer. And I'm with it. If you say so. It's, it's too haphazard to predict. I don't even know what the world's going to be like at this time next year. Much less some changes. Who knows? Yeah, last year we would not have predicted that this was how 2020 was going to go. But I feel fairly certain in these predictions. So it's fun. Next year we can go. We can rewind the tape. See where we were wrong. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of it's going to be wrong, but really see where we were right in these predictions. So it's always fun to do these. That's our show for today, though. Everyone, make sure you guys tune in later in the week. We'll have boxing and MMA for you. And then, of course, over the following weeks, we will have our 2020 recap shows where we give you the best, our, our best from hip-hop, MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. So all of our year-end awards, who had the best album, who had the best matches, who had the best fights, best knockouts, all that stuff to end the year. Those are always fun. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for those as well. Before we get out of here, again, cannot say this enough. Stay safe. Stay Rona-free. ton of my friends have this shit now. So it's one of those things where I want to make sure that all of you guys are safe I know we can see the, the end in sight, hopefully. Don't wild out. 
Don't, you know, go full Jeezy after party. Chill. Let's all get through this winter so we can party it up and watch pro wrestling together next summer. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to the sponsors. If you guys want to follow us on social media, it's at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram, me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Damn, that was a mouthful. We enjoy you guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.